Right, hello, welcome to the This Is Our Stockport podcast from the Junior Pie community, where we may not talk about pie, but instead the next best thing, your community here in Stockport. Hi, I'm Jermaine, on here we're going to be talking about stuff like current events, local heroes, and much more, in a fun, exciting way us kids can understand a little easier. Welcome to episode two of our podcast. Today we have two interviews. Today's episode is about our community heroes. We will be interviewing Terry, who does a doorstep depot, and interviewing Ryan. He will be talking about what he does for the community and what it's like running a cafe during the pandemic. So let's hand it over to Terry and Emmy. So why did you choose to help your community? I decided to help out in the community to help make a difference in the local area. Um, I first started out helping out at the nursing home, the local nursing home. That sounds I, nice. I then um, started helping out at the local food pantry. And I was also part of Communiversity, um, which was a group of us coming together, um, thinking of ideas and, and um, tasks and things we could do to help people in the community. Do you think that more people should help with the community? Definitely. I think there's something out there for everybody to help do, even if it's just um, sat in the local coffee shop and seeing someone sat on their own and just offering, you know, a nice hello, how's your day and things, you know, that can make a massive difference to somebody um, sat on their own. There's lots of things to get involved in. Um, you know, whether it's just helping a neighbour with some shopping or helping out wherever you can, really. So, if you could choose only one thing, what would you change in Stockport? I think we definitely need more activities and things for the youth of the area, somewhere for them to go, maybe. You know, more activities for the children. I know there is a lot on offer at the minute and the children that get to go there you know, are very lucky and they learn so much and, you know, get offered lots of things. So I can't really complain about that. But I think definitely it's more of a youth centre kind of thing, somewhere for them to go and hang with their friends, maybe. Also, what was your time like at Woodley Pantry? Um, I enjoyed my time at Woodley Pantry. Um, it was a bit short in the end with lockdown and things like that. Um, but I met loads of amazing people, lots of friendly people from the local area. I was able to help out, um, learn lots of new roles, um, went on lots of new courses like first aid, um, food hygiene. Um, you know, I really learned a lot from being there and experienced a lot too. Thank you very much for that, Terry. Now we'll be interviewing Ryan about the community and what he does to help everyone that is part of it. So, this interview is going to be about you, Ryan, and your community. So, what are you doing in the community? So, first of all, first question. Oh, I'm just going to say thank you. Thank you for letting me interview. So, first question, how do you define a community? Oh, great question. How do you define a community? So, it's something that I've, I've wondered quite a lot over the years. How do you define a community? So for me, it's a group of like-minded people. I think I think firstly, a lot of people think of communities like people who live in a certain area. So we're sat in Woodley right now. So if you live and work around here, you're part of the Woodley community. Maybe you are. But then I am a fan of Manchester United. So they don't all live in Woodley. 
So I'm part of that community, but that's a worldwide community. So I think a community to me is a group of people who share the same interests, share the same goals, and are working towards, you know, achieving the same thing. I think of when we went into lockdown and we created the Woodley and Redbury community neighbours group and the, and the mutual aid stuff. Some of those people didn't know each other. Not all of them live around here. Not all of them even came to the precinct. But they were a community of people who lived in Woodley and Redbury who wanted to help the people who couldn't get out because they were shielded. So, yeah, I think it's a massive question. That. So, I know you've been living here for for, for a lot of years, most mm. of your life. So, what, what do you do for this community? <laughs> I suppose uh, my day job is the easiest answer in that I work on digital projects to help people who live in this community get online. There's always been people who live around here who can't afford broadband, can't afford a device, or maybe don't have the skills and the knowledge to actually perform tasks online. And we always knew that was an issue, but obviously in the last year, banks closed, shops closed, schools closed, and all of a sudden we had parents of children going, my kids need to do the homework online, we haven't got broadband, have me do it. All of a sudden we have people going, I'm unemployed, I need to apply for my benefits, I can't afford broadband, how do I do it? Or we have people saying, you know, uh, I've got an iPad, but I've got to do online banking and I've never done it before. How do I do it? So I suppose that kind of is is the primary thing I do for the community. I'd like to think I do a lot more. I'd like to think that people know me around here, that people trust me, that people know that if they've got a problem, if there's something going on in their life, if they want some advice on something, that, that I'm here. And not just me, but like the team. So I work for Starting Point, which is the learning bit. But then there's also the team that work in Starpoint Coffee Shop. It's a team that work over at Taylor's Fish and Chip Shop. And we're all under the same umbrella. It's a big family business. So I think that I'd like to think that we all do. It's that safe space that people know they can come to. Yeah. So obviously uh, a big question is, so do you enjoy it and why? Yeah, I do. Uh, I love my job. I love doing what I do. I very briefly was going to go to university. Started here about 14 years ago. And... It was only ever a part-time job at first, and it was like, yeah, I'm going on a school trip, I used to pay for that, I need some money for college, I used to pay for that, I'm going to uni soon, so I'll I'll leave and I'll get a job in Sheffield, which is where I was going. And then I got to Sheffield and sat there in this lecture hall, listening to him talk about history, and I thought, this isn't making a difference, I want to be, I want to be making a difference to people's lives. I want to be earning money too, I mean, I'm not daft, I'm not going to lie to you, but I wanted to be earning money, but I also knew that I could make a difference in people's lives by doing the stuff we were doing here. So I dropped out of university, came back two weeks after leaving, just randomly turned up at a staff meeting and was like, hello, I know I'm the worst member of staff we've ever had, but please go have my job back. And stupidly, he said, yeah. And I'm still here now all these years later. So yeah, I massively, massively love what I do. What do you think makes, makes a strong community? I think having a mixture, a good mixture of people from different age, you know, different age groups, old and young, different ethnicities, different identities, different, you know, it's a real mixture of people so that you've not, you lived in a world where it was, you know, a world full of Ryans or a world full of Morgans or a world full of Evans. You're only going to get one opinion and one type of answer. And and if you've got a world of just Morgan and Evans, you'd only get two kind of answers. I think the more people you've got in a community, that the more likely you are to kind of have a, a more well-rounded community, you know, communities that appreciate there needs to be stuff for young people just as much as there needs to be stuff for old people, a community that appreciates green space as well as the need to be modern and, and, and be forward-thinking and 
is able to appreciate Christmas as much as they are able to appreciate Ramadan or Hanukkah or, you know, so I think for me, a strong community is a community that's got a variety of opinions, a variety of people, but then I think there's real strength in a community in in that ability to, to know your your power as a community, that, you know, there are councillors, there are, you know, there are MPs and stuff that we can we can hold to account and we can work with to make sure we get the best for our community. So not only a mixture of people, but an awareness of a community's kind of own power to make a difference for the betterment of their community. Thank you. So can you can you give an example of a path project you've done for your community and what was the impact of that? Just out the back of where we're sat now is a massive car park. Car park is free. It's always been free, free forever and ever. And I still know the land. A few years ago, they decided one Friday without speaking to anybody on the precinct, that they were just going to turn up, put parking meters in, start charging a pound an hour. And even if you're in a blue badge, you still have to pay to park there. Well, for somebody like us, with a coffee shop or with a fish and chip shop, or what if you're getting your hair cut or something like that, or getting a tattoo done, where are you going to park your car? So one pound for one hour is actually quite expensive for a, for a little shopping precinct in a town like Woodley. So we were able to really quickly over the weekend, and I say we were able to, it wasn't really us, it was kind of a, a real community-wide effort. All of a sudden there was a petition, you know, um, like pen and paper position in all the shops. There was an online position on change.org, I think it was. And then there was like a Facebook petition. Uh, we got the local MP involved, local councillors, local media involved, all that kind of stuff. We filmed a video. Uh, at the time, Iceland were doing a campaign that was called That's Why Mums Go to Iceland. So we did a video that was like, That's Why Mums Don't Go to Iceland because they're ripping off communities. So that happened on the Friday. And by Monday, they'd pulled down the parking meters and got rid of it. So the impact that had is potentially it saved the precinct. I'm not saying that as if we saved the precinct, but the efforts of the people who signed the petitions, all the shop owners, every single one of them, some of the team here and others as well, uh, potentially helped save the, the, the precinct long term. So that's kind of the first one that, that jumps out to me. And then the second one is the stuff we're doing right now. So we're doing something called a lending library where we've currently got 252 devices out across Stockport helping old age people stay connected, you know, older people stay connected to their friends and family, children who are struggling with schoolwork and they've maybe fell behind over the last year. It's given them an opportunity to be able to do their homework and catch up on stuff. Uh, job seekers, because work clubs are closed. Um, people have been able to manage their medical conditions by being able to get repeat prescriptions. So yeah, 250 odd devices helping hundreds of households and, and probably, you know, indirectly nearly a thousand people have probably benefited from that lending library. So um yeah, I think they're two kind of the big impact ones for me, kind of locally and then a little bit a little bit larger scale. Yeah. So more to lockdown, unfortunately lockdown's affected a lot of communities and uh, businesses. But how has it affected this community specifically and what have you done to help it? I think lockdown uh massively affected this community. So we are sat in uh, the back office of Startpoint Coffee Shop, and in the last 365 days, I think we've been closed for about 320 of them. So, in terms of, you know, I think Startpoint Coffee Shop, as a as an asset to this community, is massive. The number of people who come here for support with things, who who sometimes having just having a bad day, and they'll come over, they'll sit down, they'll have a coffee. We'll get chatting to the staff, we'll get chatting to other people and it turns the day around, you know, that kind of turn that frown upside down. People come here and the the the, the vibe of Startpoint Coffee Shop turns their frowns upside down. 
Um, you know, so I think that the closure of that space was massive for the community. Then also it was all the other shops. So now I think a lot of them have done fantastically well to stay open during what's probably been the most challenging year of their business lives. Um, but, you know, just across the way over there, no one can see where I'm pointing, this is a podcast, but just over there, there is a, a an estate of houses where traditionally you had to be an older person to live over there. So if that community is full of older people, they all got told a year ago, potentially, shield your own So what those people do then, who are used to coming over here through the shopping and going over to see the doctor or, you know, going over here to get the hair done and all that kind of stuff. It's just all closed. So I think that, yeah, I think definitely it's massively affected this community. Um, and then the second part of the question was what have we done to help out? So over in the digital stuff, which I've already mentioned, the team here at Startpoint, which I suppose I am part of, but I don't feel I did a lot. I feel that it was more my colleagues that did it. So I'm not bragging about my accomplishments here. I'm, I'm kind of patting them on the back, but they created a mutual aid group. Uh, in fact, a year ago today, me and my colleague Nicola were out on the estate nearby handing out leaflets with a phone number on. That phone was monitored Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think every single day. There was somebody on the phone taking calls, you know, arranging phone buddies so that people could just ring people and go, hey, how are you? How's it going? Uh, arranging shopping for people, arranging to pick up prescriptions for people. Massive, you know, I need to get cash out to pay a bill. Can you help? You know, we had people who were having to leave notes in the window because they'd ran out of credit on the phone and they had they had no cash to go to the shop and they couldn't go to the shop, they were vulnerable. And they were leaving paper signs in the window saying, please can somebody knock on my door to help me? So the efforts that the team went to, the efforts that Nicola and James and Haley and Ann and Bob and Chloe went to, I think saved lives during this last 12 months. Uh, and they should be really proud of the efforts they, they went to to kind of keep this community going over the last 12 months. Yeah, that's an amazing well done. So, final question. So, compared to 10 years ago, how much has this community changed? And where do you hope to see it in the future? I think it's changed a lot. I think that Starter Point Coffee Shop and Starting Point are more well-known in the area, that people trust us, that people know that we're a safe place to go to, a safe organisation to work with. 10 years ago, we never could have imagined a pandemic like coronavirus. If I said to you a year ago today that this was what the last 12 months was going to have been like, you'd have been like, mind-blowing. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have even made sense. So 10 years ago, to say to them 10 years ago, this is what the precinct's going to look like in, in 2021. You know, since 2021, the whole precinct's been redone. Benches, all the grass, everything. So not only just kind of the shops that are on here and the impact they have, but the actual the actual um, physical appearance of the precinct itself has has massively changed. I hope it's still here. Yeah. It's the big thing for me. Um, we're coming out of a really challenging 12 months, and I would love to think that in a year's time, in 10 years' time, that you can look around this precinct and go, pet shop's still there, chippy's still there, coffee shop's still there, the butchers is still there, the, you know, Martins, the bakers is still there, GT's still there, you know, I just want it to survive and continue to thrive and continue to keep local people in work and local businesses making a difference in people's lives. So, yeah, for it to still be here. Right, that's it. Thank you so much for letting us interview. Uh, that podcast was about Ryan and his community. Thank you very much. 
So that's it for this episode of the This Is Our Stockport podcast. We really hope you enjoyed listening. And so then be sure to check out our Twitter page at Pi UK Social. And also make sure that you visit the wonderful city of Stockport. We would also really appreciate your feedback by leaving us a review on our Twitter page so we can keep on making better episodes for you, our listeners. Thanks again for listening to This Is Our Stockport podcast and be sure to tune in for our next episode. Bye.